Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Welcome to Let's Hang Out, a podcast hosted by two lesbians. This is your East Coast host, Ellie Brigida. And I'm your West Coast host, Lee Holmes Foster. And we wanted to start with a content warning for this episode because we're going to be talking about issues involving sexual assault survivors. We know it's a little bit different from what we've been talking about in a lot of other episodes of the podcast so far, but we think it's a really important conversation and we're excited to share this interview with you all because there's a a lot of information and, and a lot of news coming out right now about sexual assault survivors who are finally getting to tell their stories and especially to be listened to and to be believed. I met Milk, who is an activist and performer, at the Women's March in D.C. last year, and we are just coming up on over a year since the election. As upsetting as it is that we are still having to have these conversations, we think it's important that we have them and that we continue to support survivors as they share their experiences. Yeah, and we're really happy that we had the chance to sit down with Milk and have a conversation about a lot of these issues. I can't keep quiet. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always great talking to you. So what have you been up to since the Women's March and the I Can't Keep Quiet video going viral? Since the Women's March, um, which was in January of this year, 2017, I have been on one end just receiving a bunch of messages from women all over the world. And, you know, it's women from Ghana to Thailand to Philadelphia to London. And I'm learning so much about how our stories of survival are very, very unique and different, yet also very much the same. And as a songwriter, I've been absorbing all of these different stories and learning these lessons that are impacting how I write. Like, how do I write about empathy? How do I write about wanting people to listen to each other and having more peace in this world. I signed with Atlantic Records, which has been awesome. Yeah, they're a great team. I remember walking into their um, their office and feeling super intimidated and feeling like I don't belong here until I met their staff and, um, and just how much they believe in empowering women and, and the family vibes. And yeah, so I've recorded an EP, which will be coming out in January. And that's, that has more songs about like my own journey, like trying to figure out how to break my own silence and forgive myself and forgive the other people around me who did their best, but maybe weren't able to see what I needed at the time of going through some of the hurt. So while you're talking about like you know, changing the world and the whole I can't keep quiet movement. I mean, Ellie, I know obviously you got to to join in on the flash mob that was in uh, in D.C., um, but, you know, I would love to hear a little bit more about how, you know, how did that come together? How did you put that 
together in the first place? Um, and how did that sort of happen? So the, the Women's March was this awesome opportunity for me to create this project where I reached out to women through Capital Blend. We ended up having 25 strangers coming together to sing, and we're all from different backgrounds. And, you know, at first when I was, was envisioning doing an you know, uh, an acapella performance on the streets. I was thinking of recruiting maybe nine girls from Los Angeles and we'd fly over to DC. I tried to recruit women from LA, but I didn't get any responses. I think it might've been too early for people to know what they were gonna do about the Women's March. And the Women's March didn't become this huge viral thing yet. So I was like, okay, well maybe I'll reach out to a bunch of women in DC um, and see if they wanna join. And so the way I did it was I reached out to acapella groups. So I looked for university acapella groups, but I also found your group, Capital Blind, which is like post-college um, graduates that are just still loving acapella and still doing it. And especially because it's in D.C., there's so many activists and like very involved political women in Capital Blend for sure, too. Yeah, which is amazing. And so I was pumped. So I wrote a, like a, I think it was like a seven part harmony and then with vocal percussion. So there are eight different parts. I recorded each part separately and I sent it to the GW Sirens. I thought that was it, that was the plan. I was gonna work with GW Sirens. And for some reason, I went into my spam box to clean it out and I, for some reason, saw the Capital Blend email in the spam box. And then, so I opened it and I responded. And this is like a couple of weeks later, I was like, I would still love to have you guys involved. And, and then- Yeah, it was a pretty quick turnaround, I remember. But we were, yeah, we were definitely excited about working with you and making this happen. So it was very cool. Yeah, and and none of us knew what was gonna happen with the song. It all worked out where the video went viral. Um, and I think about like how we got even to the streets together, like the process of our rehearsing and our collaborative um, energies and how we all worked really hard to not be egotistical um, and to just be collaborative. Um, and I think about it, how wonderful and special that was, but also like how women are. And by the time we got together, we had one rehearsal the Thursday before the Women's March. Not everyone can make it. Um, you, you weren't there, right? I think I met you on. Yeah, yeah I actually was I not at the rehearsal. The and they were like, yeah, well, she could do it. Yeah, I could do it, it I promise. Um, <laughs> and that was part of like the, the magic of the story too, is that like we, some of us didn't even know each other until the day of the march. And that, I think that inspires mm -hmm. people. Well, I think that brings us to the next part, which is why do you think it resonated with so many people? I mean, I think the flash mob aspect of it almost made it more powerful than if we had been on the stage. I agree with you. I remember Alma, the woman who filmed the video uh, that went viral, She, when she contacted me on Twitter, she was like, you know what's incredible is that like you guys were not on the stage. And she's like, you're by the people for the people. You're from the streets. It makes it feel like people have power to rise even from, you know, the most common of the areas, the, the street. While the video was going viral, you know, that whole month after, I was like, why did this go viral? One, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's like a good way of re-encapsulating -en how every woman felt at the march because there's this hopeful, defiant vibe, and it was like full of love. And our performance was 
loving, like we were smiling and we felt joyous. When I wrote this song at the end of 2015, I had no idea Trump was going to get elected or we're going to have a women's march, any of this. I was on my own journey of trying to find my own voice again because of my specific upbringing in a really traditional Chinese American household, having an eating disorder and like having an abusive relationship. And I felt so silenced and unheard in a lot of my upbringing and my, my youth. And I didn't feel safe in my own hometown because of the relationship I had. And, um, and so I thought, oh, a light bulb went off for me. I was like, perhaps it's because it, in, in our country and around a lot of other countries around the world, a lot of people feel unheard or unsafe because of so much abuse of power and just how the systems are rigged a, a little bit against the, the 99%. And harmonies also always just are so healing and they just sound so great. And it, the, the fact that we were a lot of us strangers gives people hope. It kind of gives people a talking point where they can say, well, you know, these women didn't know each other and they were able to create something beautiful. And so why can't we come together as strangers and create better governments and better peace? Well, obviously on our podcast, we speak from a queer perspective, but we think it's so important to have intersectionality and activism. So how do you factor intersectionality into your particular brand of activism with I Can't Keep Quiet and your music? So yeah, I created this thing called the I Can't Keep Quiet Fund. We're pairing up with three different organizations that deal a lot with intersectionality. So Tuesday Night Project is this the longest standing LA open mic series that empowers LGBTQ communities and also people of color to come and share their spoken word, their dances, their music. That was the first place I shared that I was a survivor of sexual assault. And there's a group called Step Up that um, provides mentorship to girls ages 13 to 18. And a lot of those young girls are uh, girls of color and people who don't have resources to get a good education and good career path uh, set up for them. So that's another organization. The third one is called the Joyful Heart Foundation and they help with sexual assault survivors and they've helped to reopen rape kits. Um, there's a lot of cities that have like thousands of unopened rape kits just sitting in a storage room. And there was one woman and she saw that there was over 11,000 unopened rape kits in Detroit and she said no more. And she was able to reopen 10,500 of them in the course of eight years, which is amazing. So yeah, those are the three organizations I'm teaming up with. The key to a lot of peace building is to build more community. I think a sickness in our culture is we're so self-driven and isolated that we're not building relationships with each other. And so these three organizations are doing the same thing. And that's part of, I think, the perspective of the intersectional feminist is um, we see the value of how other cultures are built. Like, you know, like I'm, I see the value of how community works. Mm -hmm. So I think along those same lines, uh, unsurprisingly, The Bold Types, one of our favorite new shows, uh, which has such an important queer storyline that features uh, a, a lesbian and a bisexual character, which is great, um, but also really importantly has uh, two women of color, um, queer women of color, which is huge for, you know, one uh, network 
TV show. And I'm sure you know Quiet was featured on the season finale uh, in an episode that focused primarily around survivor visibility. So could you tell us a little bit about, you know, how your song came to be featured on the show, why you wanted it uh, to be a part of that, and how that all happened? The Bold Type is one of my favorite shows because of how progressive the storylines are and the way that they portray these women, like women of color who are lesbian. The music supervisor, so the guy that designs the soundtracks for each show, had heard about my song from the Women's March, and then he had reached out to my team, and then we really loved the concept of their show, but we were working on a new version of Quiet, and we're like, well, could you hold off? Because we're going to have this new one soon. It's more joyous, and that's what we want to put out into the world. And he was like, cool, totally understand. So they moved forward without using our song for the episode he was originally thinking. Then a few months later, he got the script for the season finale, actually. And and there's a storyline about um, one of the lead characters being a survivor of sexual assault and, and coming out about it. And he thought, oh, well, this is absolutely perfect. So he we, we all thought it was kind of meant to be how, how the song just was ready at the right time for the show. And so they sent me the show beforehand so I could watch it and see if I liked it and I was so moved by it and and then you know I, w- I was trying to catch up with the show um, to, to understand the context and I had a lot of fun that was like my quote unquote quote unquote assignment um, for <laughs> what work. What a beautiful assignment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, myself yeah. and Lee totally binge watch the bold type uh, and that final episode is gorgeous. Oh, it's so moving. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, all so many tears, all the tears. 
But I do. I love I love the bold type because they're addressing issues that affect women in a very real way. It feels very honest and true to life. Yeah, I get goosebumps because um, I remember when we were younger and I was watching TV shows um, and the narratives were so not female empowerment. You know, there are a lot of the narratives were about like an attractive woman and how she couldn't like have a relationship with an attractive man. And that was like the storyline. And, you know, I was fully entertained for a lot of them, but like that type of narrative isn't necessarily the most enlightening or or empowering for a young girl because we already have so much messaging saying that we're more complete when we're like with a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the bold type, the the main relationships are the relationships between the women, even not the lesbian relationship, the relationship between the friends, the relationship between their boss and this sort of motherly figure and also this driving force behind this powerhouse magazine it's it's very empowering yeah the all of the central relationships are female driven which i love so we did talk a little bit about jacqueline one of the characters on the bold type coming out as a survivor yeah that's actually something that i think is really interesting it's something that we've talked about uh in our the very first episode of this podcast is as uh as lesbians as queer people you know coming out is not something that you do once in your life it's something you do over and over and over again. So I'm curious, like, if you could talk a little bit about the parallels with, you know, being a survivor and how does that also relate? You know, if you have people who aren't familiar with your music, don't know the song, you know, that process of having to relive and, and you know, kind of reshare that story over and over again. It's interesting. Um, lately, I feel myself getting re-triggered and it's a subtle thing um, because, you know, I've done a lot of work. I've gone to therapy and I've come to a place where I feel so ready to help others as well to come out because I know what the benefits are. I've seen myself just stretch into my my personality and my potential more fully after I've forgiven myself of the self-blame and shame. I've kind of let go of all of those things. What happened which, without me realizing, and I just realized this past month actually, is that I was getting re-triggered. The re-triggering comes where it's a subtle negative voice that was like oh well you know now you're hearing all these stories of other women they've gone through way worse than you how dare you use the platform to share your story and it's not even that crazy like your assault was nothing compared to hers like that type of negative talk I have to wrestle with um and then sometimes I just have to let myself feel really sad and then come back up so the beauty of dealing with working with the Joyful Heart Foundation is that Um, Miley, who's the woman who started the organization, she actually recently came to one of my shows and after she was like, hey, you have to take care of yourself because you will get re-triggered again. And like, it's just going to happen. And when she said that, a light bulb went off my head. I was like, actually, I think I am getting re-triggered because I'm having a lot of this negative talk going on in my head. There's so much of the conversation going on now in our society with the Harvey Weinstein um, storylines and and now, you know, so many men are are being called out now and uh, Louis C.K. and all that. And so more of these conversations are going to be had. More of this like re-triggering is going to happen with other women as well and other men who have been sexually assaulted. So I think it's important to to look up different ways of self-care um and forgiveness and and just to like recenter. Yeah, that's great, especially there's there's so much going on in the media right now. It's like 
every single day as a reminder of things that women and men who are sexually assaulted have to deal with every day and you're getting continuously bombarded with it. It's, it's, it's a lot and it's very important. Self-care is 100% the most important thing, especially for survivors and for all of us. Yeah. So I know you mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, some of the organizations that you're working with, um, how else, like what are other things or even smaller things like one-on-one things that people can do to help and continue to support the survivors that are in their lives? The I Can't Keep Quiet Fund is a really um, cool thing to explore and share. Um, Everyone's going to have their own ways of wanting to be an activist. Um, The site, um, ICan'tKeepQuiet.org, shows the three different organizations. If any of those speak to you, then feel free to donate or to get involved with them. Send them a message, share your story. It can be as simple as that. If you want to send me a message and share your story, if you want to collaborate with me to share your story, the more that people see others sharing stories, the less afraid they will be and come forward as well. And I think the more we empower ourselves, um, just a, a more healthy society we can build and share the song and the video if it speaks to you. And also just sharing your stories with your loved ones. I think it all starts with the communities that we're, we're entrenched in, like our sister and our best friend, our neighbor, asking questions and, and sharing vulnerabilities. So I think you sort of addressed this already, but is there anything else that you'd like to say to the survivors that are in our audience? Wow, it is such a powerful and emotional time for survivors because the wounds are are culminating into the surface and it's almost like this volcano is erupting and we see the lava of like all that pain and all these different stories and all of us haven't been aware of this lava. It's just been like brewing underground. Like I, I said before, the self-care is really important and if you're wanting to share your story, being aware of um, possible re-triggering is is good and then beyond that is is knowing 100% you can get through the re-triggering and it'll just build more confidence in, in general and I think everyone shares at their own timeline if someone's not ready to share right now like trust your instincts and your intuition for so long, our society's um, degraded intuition as this like soft skill that's not important, but like your intuition will let you know when you're ready to share these thoughts. Um, and also to know that that fear is always going to be there. It's just when your intuition will let you know when you're able to handle that amount of fear. And moving forward, do you have any new projects that are coming out? So coming up, um, I sang a song called Ooh Child for um, this commercial for the Olympics, and that's going to be playing um, more on the television, I think, starting in January. People can watch it now on online, um, but it's a campaign of love over bias. So that's going to be coming in January awesome. alongside my EP is coming that time. And right now I'm I'm just trying to write a lot more music before I go on the road. Um, I'm opening for Ani DeFranco, which is like a dream come true. Yeah, I'm going next week and I'm going to be playing four dates with her. Um, and uh, yeah, so if people are, live in Phoenix or Dallas or Austin or New Orleans, um, I'll be there with her. Um, and I'll be doing a bunch of traveling and, and um, like radio 
show interviews in January, so I'll be in different cities and stuff, and I'm trying to think of how to activate the I Can Keep Quiet community wherever I go, so more things to come for sure. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always great talking to you. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. For our audience, we will have all of those links to all of Milk's music, all of the organizations that you can help, and some links also for survivor resources. Again, thank you so much for coming, and (laughs) we can't wait to see more from you. We want to take a minute to offer our support to those of you in our community who are survivors of sexual assault. There are so many great organizations out there that are devoted to helping victims and survivors, both in general and also within um, the LGBTQ community. And we'll have a list of those resources for support on our website, which you can find at leshangoutpod.com. You can also find us uh, on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook, where we are at leshangoutpod on all of those. And if you want to find us individually, the best place to find me is at leb 2792 on Instagram and Twitter. And the best place to find me is on Twitter, where I am at LSH Foster. For now, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And and let's let's hang hang out again again soon. Put on your face Know your place Shut up and smile Don't spread your legs I could do that But no one knows me Quiet.